0: Let's pray this morning. We are so grateful that we know that truth, that we can know the Lord of heaven and earth, and even more, that you are willing to come to not only be in this room, but to be in each of our lives and to just fill us the overflowing. And so we humbly ask today, Lord, give us words. Help us to speak even when we don't know what to say. Holy Spirit, come and just fill us that we can be like those people of yours in the early church. Those faithful followers who were just consumed by the gospel. So full of the presence. So awed by the miracles and the wonders that they could not help but speak. Father, we want to be those people this time. Because our generation needs to hear. That there is a Lord of heaven and earth. Empower us, we pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Would you going to have a seat this morning. Well, we are uh, in a series bold, and uh, you know we've been looking at that experience of uh, the early church, and uh, especially kind of honing into Acts uh, three, four, and five. So, if you brought your Bibles, that's the place to go. And uh, if you didn't bring your Bibles, new wrinkle in the room today, uh, if you notice it or not. But we got uh, Bible tables back in the, in the uh, little angle walls back there. So if you forget your Bible or just uh, say, hey, I want to look at it for myself, there's Bibles back there for you in the handouts. But uh, we'll keep doing the handouts too. So if nothing else, just go ahead and grab that handout that's, uh, that's in your handout, your flyer today, and, and uh, follow along. Well, we've been looking in, in, the, in the book of Acts here, and today... We're going to look at that early church experience and how uh, they were just uh, so unafraid. They were just so fearless and bold uh, in in what they did, but also in what they said, right? They were just not afraid to speak. And remember, it all started because uh, Peter and John went to the temple one day, and uh, on the way to the temple, there was this guy there who had been lame since birth, and... uh, so they did this miraculous healing and and the the guy was you know able to walk and all Jerusalem was just you know in an uproar and uh the religious leaders were kind of upset about the whole experience, and so they, you know, arrested Peter, and John, brought him before them, and you know, told them they got to shut up. And they spoke boldly back in their face, and you know, did the back and forth thing. And then they let him go, and then they went to the believers and they told them what happened. They told them about all the threats, and then the believers uh, prayed. And that's kind of where we where we ended it uh, last week. And remember, when they prayed. Uh, what happened at the end there it's in verse 31 it says after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God how boldly exactly boldly now there's a principle captured in that verse and that principle is one that leads us to boldness regardless of the generation uh, and the principle is straightforward, and it's in total contradiction to this great servant of the Lord that lived in another generation who, who said this. St. Francis of Assisi, although we're not sure he actually ever really said this, but he's attributed with this saying, Preach the gospel when necessary, use words, right? Now that we kinda of like that's a pretty comfortable thing in contrast with what we just read about the folks in the church right it says they were filled with the holy spirit and they spoke the word of the lord boldly but but somehow as generations have gone on as the church has gone on it's been a whole lot easier into in buying into this principle that says well you know look what we gotta do is just practice our faith we just need to practice our faith, and, and show Jesus through the things that we do, right? That's a pretty comfortable place to be. The trouble is, it's not consistent with what went on in the book of Acts, right? And you know that there is a simple truth that actions, while as good as they can be, sometimes just simply aren't enough, right? you got to follow it up with, saying something. Let me give you an example. You all know this. You've done this. You're riding in your car. Your spouse is driving. You're in the passenger seat. You're kind of zipping along pretty fast, maybe a little bit above the speed limit, and up in front of you is a stop sign. Stop sign's coming pretty fast. So you in the passenger seat start feeling a little nervous about whether that car is going to stop or not, the one your spouse is driving. And so what do you do? (laughs) <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that your first reaction? You're kind of you're sitting there, you kind of go, oh, I can't say anything. All right. You're just kind of putting the brake on on the passenger side, which, of course, there's no brake. doesn't do a lot of good, but you're there going, no, 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 Right, what are you doing? You're hoping that your action will be enough that they'll notice and that they'll figure it out and they, in turn, will put the brake on. But if the stop sign keeps getting closer, even though you've been over there going, you know, eventually what do you need to do? You need to simply say, so like we're going to (laughs) stop, right? You need to say, so like stop sign. (laughs) Actions as awesome and as good as they are, are simply not enough. And that's true when it comes to you and I in following Christ. And it was absolutely true in the early church. I mean, we saw Peter and John do a miraculous sign, right? They did something absolutely, incredibly awesome. They healed a guy who had been lame since birth. That's a great work. And people noticed. That was fantastic. But did they stop there? Absolutely not. They were absolutely unafraid to also speak. That's our challenge. If we're going to understand what it means to be bold, as great as St. Francis of Assisi was, and as wonderful as those words are, and insightful, nevertheless, it is absolutely necessary That we also speak that we speak the name of Jesus that we talk to people about what Jesus has been doing in our lives if you go into the book of Acts and you go up to the ninth chapter you get the experience of this guy named Paul right most of you may be familiar with Paul and he illustrates for us kind of this initial principle about speaking the name of Jesus and now what do you know about Paul Well, he was pretty bold, right? Fearlessly spoke the word of the Lord, founded churches all over the place, right? Got in all kinds of trouble as he was doing it and and preaching the word, right? But he's also the guy that had this personal interaction, this road to Damascus personal experience with the presence of Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus just got into his life and got into his face, right? And he became a bold person. Preacher and Speaker of the Word of the Lord. And you go to Acts 9, and, and it, he even comes back to Jerusalem. And it says he comes back. The disciples weren't so sure about him. Barnabas told him about how he had uh, journeyed with him, how he had seen the Lord, and how he had spoken to Damascus, and how he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Paul stayed with them, moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord Paul just kept speaking boldly why did he do that because it's a simple principle when you have a personal interaction with Jesus when 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 God invades your life when, when you grow when you foster this relationship and you give yourself absolutely utterly and completely over to Jesus Christ in your life you'll find you got to speak about it. You've got to speak about it. And, and that's all we do. What we do is we share what we know to be true. We talk to people about what Jesus has been doing in our life. And, and the more that Jesus does in our life, the more completely we surrender ourselves to him, the more he does in our life, the more we have to talk about. See how it works? I mean, the more we surrender ourselves, the bold speech flows from the presence of a Bold God. When you've got a bold God working in your life, you'll find you can't not speak about it. So, some of you right now are sitting here and saying, Whoa, okay, so I don't speak a lot about it, so maybe I don't have God in my life as much as I ought to. Yeah, maybe not. Some of you may also be sitting there and saying, Okay, so if that's the principle, maybe I just should only take a little bit of Jesus, <laughs> so I don't have to speak too much about him. Doesn't work that way either, right? That's not the way it works. He says, you know, he he wants us to love him with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, right? It's a, it's an absolute deal, right? But we can't ignore the principle that when we really get serious in our faith, when we really surrender all in, right? It's like when you. You play the poker game and you just go, I'm all in. Right? When you're all in, you put it all on the line, you can't help but tell people about what Jesus is doing. And that was the Apostle Paul. And, and the amazing thing is, as you as you talk about what God's done in your life, and, and you speak more and more about it, God's going to do more and more in your life. Let me show you Acts 14, and you'll see how this worked for Paul, Right? So, Paul's preaching. The Jews refused to believe. They stirred up the Gentiles. They poisoned their minds against the brothers. So, Paul and Barnabas spent some considerable time there. That's so cool. They didn't run, right? They stayed right in there. They spent considerable time there speaking boldly. What were they doing? Speaking boldly, right? They're speaking about it. Speaking boldly for the Lord. And what did the Lord do in response to their speaking? They were speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. What happened? They spoke boldly about what Christ had done in their life. And what did Christ do? More. They spoke boldly in the face of the opposition about what Christ had done in their life. And in response, what does He do? More, more miraculous signs and wonders. You see, this is it. When when we just start speaking about God, it gives just God more opportunity to do more in our life. Which gives us more to speak about, which gives Him more to do, which gives us more to speak about, which gives Him more to do. This is a good thing. Because I want Jesus to do more in my life. And so it's just a principle. When you are full of a bold God, and what a bold God has been doing in your life... You will simply speak about what he's done. You go back to Acts 4 again, back with Peter and John. And the Jews who had them in front of them, they, they recognized this. It comes at the end there of uh, uh, verse 13. It says they, they rec- saw their boldness, could see they were ordinary men, no special training. But what could they also see? It says they also recognized them as men who had been where? With Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. And because they spent time with Jesus and because of what God had done, they could not help but speak. It's just a principle. And once you start this, once you start speaking, you cannot be quieted. You just can't be quieted. And, and that's what the leaders of the Jews tried to do. The council's got Peter and John there, and they say, man, we gotta just, we got to just quiet these guys. We've got to shut these guys up. They say, since they could see that the man, had, the man that was standing right there was among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber to figure out what the heck to do. Now, this is so cool. They got him right there, and they want to tell him just, you know, you got to stop doing this. You got to stop talking about Jesus, right? Which they get to. But what's their problem? The problem is they got a lame guy that was healed. The problem is Jesus did this incredible work through Peter and John, and this lame guy is standing right there. And they can't deny the incredible work and the miracle that Jesus had just done through Peter and John. How's this going in your life? So you're worried about, geez, if I start talking to people about what Jesus has done in my life, what are they going to think? I mean, what are they going to say? Well, really? Okay, so you go to somebody and, and you know they don't have Christ in their life, and you say, i got to tell you. I mean, I just got to tell you, my marriage was not really great, but you know, we started going to Christ Church and we got into the Word, and man, Jesus just invaded our marriage and invaded our life. And I'm telling you, my marriage right now is just absolutely fantastic. It's the it's the best it's ever been. We are more deeply in love than ever. I mean, I I mean, I just can't tell you what Jesus has done in our marriage. And you share that, and the other person, you know, listens and says, "What? Oh, bummer." I mean, really? Is that what they're going to say? I mean, what can they say? Oh, wow. Whew, that's really too bad, you know. I mean, what what could they say? Listen, I was I was really struggling at a point in my life, and and I was really captured by this this sin in my life or this addiction in my life, and. Man, I just started praying about it. I started going to Christ Church, and I started getting the Word, and Jesus just invaded my life. And man, I want to tell you, I don't—I'm not tempted anymore. I'm not into that anymore. And and I got a whole new thing going on, and my life is in a better place than it's ever been before. I mean, so you tell that to a friend. What are they going to say? Oh wow, I w- wish you were still imprisoned by that. It's too bad you got free of that. You know? I mean, what can they say? You see, it's the same thing. These guys, they got, the lame man's right there. What, what can they say? Oh, gosh, too bad. Lame guy got healed. Been there away from birth. Agent. Don't get it. You see, we get afraid to speak when the reality is we're the ones that have the power to speak about. We're the ones that are the world changers with a message that takes lame people who've been lame from birth and makes them alive in a completely new way. And when we share what we know to be true about what Jesus Christ is doing and has done in our lives, I mean, seriously, what are they going to say? Sanhedrin couldn't say anything. They got a lame guy standing right in front of them. When you understand what God has done in your life, you can't help but speak about it. And when you speak about it, I mean, seriously, what can they do? What can they do? Well, here's what they do in Acts 4. They confer about it, and they come back to him, and they say, Okay, we can't deny that they performed this miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. So they called the apostles back in. They commanded them and said, Never again are you to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. That's just like our culture today when it comes to this one, isn't it? What are the two things you never talk about? You know it. Oh, talk about that. You go into the family gathering, family reunion, on the way, before you get out of the car, one person says to the other person, now remember, don't talk about. Amen? Yeah, it's what you do, right? You see, we got all these messages out there in our world, in our culture, in our life, that says somehow we're supposed to keep quiet. We're not supposed to talk about it. When The reality is, no, that's our job. That's what we do. That is the power that we bring into life. We talk about it. When nobody else will talk about it, we talk about it. When nobody else will go to a friend and say, Man, I know you're really hurting. I know life's really in a bad place right now. We do. When nobody else will confront some ugliness in the room, nobody else will talk about the elephant in the room, we go and we talk about it. That's what we do. Because we know Jesus Christ can make all things new. Because He's already done it in our life. And so we talk about it. Peter and John say, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than Him? What do you think? What do you think? Does God want you to give in to the cultural norms and and to keep quiet about this and about that and don't talk about it? Remember, don't bring this up. Or does He want you to just tell the truth about what Jesus Christ means in your life and what He's done? And, And just boldly, Just talk to people about what you know and tell them what he's done. So what does this look like for us? Well, some of us need to simply start in one bold place. And when it comes to speaking the word of Jesus boldly and talking to people about Jesus boldly, the first place some of us have to start is we just got to look in the mirror and speak to ourselves boldly. We got to do some self-speak Boldly, Right? We, we need to just look in the mirror and speak to ourselves boldly about stuff that's going in in our life that, that's just contrary to the desire, the word, and the will of God in our life. Right? If you look at Romans 13, it says, Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. What's he saying? You've got to get bold, some of you. You've you got to get bold in your life. You got to look in the mirror sometime and just say, What are you doing? What are you thinking? Why would you risk your marriage, your children, for something else in the office? Why would you put your family at risk for the sake of a buck or two? Why would you even think? About doing anything that would jeopardize your life in Christ. I mean, you have to look in the mirror. You just just gotta get bold. Just face at it, look in the mirror and say, What are you? This is absolutely inconsistent with what the scriptures say. It's inconsistent with what Jesus died for in your life. This is totally contrary to what He wants to do and bring and help flourish in your life. Just get bold. Just look in the mirror and get bold with yourself. So I gave you the question. If you got a pencil, you got the paper there, you got to think about this right in this moment and you got to jot whatever it is on your paper. You don't have anybody else see it. You just got to write it down and say, "Listen, I got to talk to myself about. I got to get real about this." Because I know that's not what Christ died for. You just got to get bold. Just speak to yourself. You also get the privilege of being able to speak into other people's lives. Now, as we look at this one and we speak boldly to correct others, notice I gave you a nice big word there. Can we all say it together? We speak and correct others with? There you go. Big, bold. Here's the image I want you to have, right? It's the way I make a hot fudge sundae. Okay? I put in a scoop of ice cream and then I put in so much hot fudge, you wouldn't even know there's ice cream in there. Anybody else make that? All right. This is the concept, okay? you got to speak the kernel of truth into somebody else's life, but you got to do it in such a way that all they can see is the incredible compassion and love you have for them. You don't ignore the truth. You're not soft-selling it. But when you come at them, you've you got to do that with a whole lot of love, a whole ton of compassion, a whole lot of kindness. That's the principle. If you go to Ephesians 4, it says, Instead, we, us, followers of Christ, we, we do it different. We speak the truth in love. You see, there are people in your life, there's people in your family, there's people in your workplace, there's just people out there in your neighborhood. There's people you know that are not living a life consistent with what Jesus Christ wants to do. And the answer for them is a relationship with Christ you know that you know them you know what's going on you gotta just get bold but you get bold in love now this also means you speak to them face to face you don't send them a six-page email okay don't do that stuff don't send them a six-page email it says, speak the truth to them. You speak it. You've got to go meet with them. You've got to take them to Starbucks and buy them coffee. You've got to just sit down with them in your living room. Whatever it takes, you've got to get into their life in a compassionate, loving way and say, man, I really care about you. And i just got to tell you what Jesus has done in my life because I know things aren't good for you right now. And I know where you're headed right now. That's just that's just not that's, that's not going to go good. That's just not going to go good. I love you too much to let you walk that way. I just want you to know there's a better way. You got to get bold and and just go ahead and make those connections and speak to people. So answer the question. Write it down. I need to speak in love too. Who do you need to speak to? You know it. You got it. You know who they are. Who do you need to speak to? Family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. Who it is? There's somebody there that God's going to open that door for you you got to be ready. you got to be bold. Last one, you got to be ready to boldly speak to God. Now, this one seems really odd, right? Boldly speak to God. Yeah, absolutely. God's people have done this from generation to generation, right? We just boldly speak to God. Look at the psalmist here in Psalm 70. He says, But, but as for me, I am poor and needy. Please hurry to my aid, O God. You are my helper and my savior, O Lord. Do not delay. What's he doing? He's getting in God's face. He's saying, listen, I can't do this by myself. It's not in me. I just, I cannot accomplish this by myself. And so God, I need you to do it. And by the way, don't delay. Get at it. Let's go. See, he's getting bold with God, isn't he? And saying, God, look, I know you're the answer. I know you've worked in my life in other places. I know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is there for me. I know that you're ready to work in a new and a fresh way in my life. I know you're the answer to this. I know you're the strength of this. I know you're the power of this. But God, let get to it, will you? Don't delay. Make it happen now. Come on. You see, you've got to get bold with God and when you're worried about what you're going to say to that neighbor or that friend when you go to talk to them in love, you've got to pray and get bold with God before you take the step to ring their doorbell. God, I'm, I know you want me to do this, but I cannot do it without you. I cannot say the right thing unless the Holy Spirit tells me what to say. You've got to do this. Don't delay. Get bold. Get bold and get God involved in the experiences of your speech and he'll do it but you got to get bold with him last thing the big thing for us to remember as we look at the book of acts is this is fundamentally job 1 for the early church for those early christians this this is what they did i mean they got together and they worshiped and they prayed together and they loved on one another and they did all that good fellowship stuff i mean we see that all happening but they did all of that And they absolutely made sure first of importance was to boldly speak to people about Jesus. And and somehow in our church, in in the church at large, we kind of got this flipped around like church is all about us. You know, like church is all about us just being together and being warm and fuzzy with one another. (laughs) That's not in the book of Acts. Church is all about the message of of telling people about Jesus Christ when Jesus ascends in Matthew 28 before he leaves his great commission happens right the last thing he says is the last thing he says now guys remember I want you to just love on each other I want you to take care of each other first most important thing you're supposed to do is just just be with each other and just kinda of keep each other happy That's not what he says he says listen before I go I want you to understand it's your job most important thing you can do is go out there to all the nations, baptize them and tell them everything I've told you and tell them to do it, do it the way I want them to do it and to follow all my commands. This is what we do. This is not an option. You see, Christ's church exists not for the people who are in. It exists for the people who aren't in yet. That's what we're about. The people who aren't in. And the only way we get that is when we understand it's up to us. This is our time. This is our time. And we're the church, just like Acts 4. We're that church. And God hasn't changed. Jesus Christ hasn't changed. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. And this is our opportunity to speak boldly. And to speak about Jesus. And don't just keep putting on the brake, hoping they notice. But the shout to Stop. Let's pray. Father, thank you. That we have an incredible message. Thank you. We have something to say. And we know you've worked in our life. We we've experienced you just invading and making life in a better place for us and helping us endure the hardships and the difficulties and to help us overcome. And Father, just give us the words now. Give us the words, not just the actions, but give us the words that we can just speak. Full of love, full of compassion. We can speak to ourselves, we can speak to others. And God, we're speaking to you right now. And just be bold. Just make us that church and make us those people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.